The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 111. Talk about an outsider's perspective with Randy Bushell. Randy Bushell is the founder and CEO of Merry, a 3D visualization platform and marketplace for the events industry. Prior to starting Merry, Randy led product strategy at Jet.com and Walmart.com, where she managed the roadmap for all strategic initiatives in the retail organization. During this time, she was planning her wedding and struggled to make design decisions without adequate tools to visualize the event. This light bulb moment was the genesis for Mary, and she built a team and went to work the day she returned from her honeymoon. Launching in late 2019, Mary is revolutionizing how events are designed, planned, and booked through a first-of-its-kind interactive 3D platform. Their integrated workflows and collaboration tools bring venues, vendors, and event hosts onto one single platform, streamlining the end-to-end planning lifecycle. Mary just closed $5.2 million of venture capital funding and have the support of industry big names like David Tatera and Court Rentals and Conference Confident. So if you are joining us in Vegas in just a few days, you will meet Randy in person. Randy has a brilliant perspective on our industry from someone who is new to it, and she is dropping all the knowledge. Go grab your coffee. Grab your tea, friends. We are going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me, your host, Renee Dallow. I am joined this week by someone you all should know if you don't already know, the lovely Randy Bushell from Mary. Randy, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I love that I said your name and then your company name, just in case people only knew your company name. I wanted, (laughs) I was like, we're tying it together, people. Well, you want to hear something funny? I can't even tell you how many times people think my name is Mary. Oh, I listen, I do not doubt that because people call me Moxie as if that's my first name. There you go. All right. I will get emails and say, hey, hey, Moxie. And I'm like, what about really? Like my name isn't everything. So I totally get it. I totally get it. I mean, listen, if you're going to be called things, Mary is not a worse name to be called. No. I mean, it's basically <laughs> my first child, so that's fine. That's right. You know what? That's an excellent point. When someone calls me Moxie, I should be like, that's not me. That's my daughter. But I mean, but I mean my business, right? It's my business daughter. Um, I am so excited to talk to you today because I feel like talking to you, I mean, I love you anyway, but talking to you really fulfills like the promise that I made to myself when I started this podcast, which is that the wedding industry is so insular that we can learn so much from people outside of our industry or people like you who came to this industry from a completely different industry because you will have insights for us that we cannot see for ourselves because we're just too close to it. 
it's something that I'm passionate about myself, obviously, because this is the life that I'm living. But more importantly, like this just is broadly applicable to so many things in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I know, like, for me, when I started as a wedding pro, and, and this is kind of my personality in any in any stripe, but like, I dive in, right? I'm like, I need to learn all the people, all the players, all the things, all the tools. And I was like, deep ostrich head in the sand to wedding stuff when I started. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until a couple of years in where I looked up, looked around and thought, you know what? I can learn a lot from these online marketing experts and these social media experts and these team building experts. Like you, we can learn so much if we just pick up our heads and look around. Yep. You kind of came in from the e-commerce world into weddings. And I know we heard a little bit about that in, in, your, in the pre-roll in your bio, but like, how does it all translate for you? Yeah, it's not really a natural corollary people <laughs> would make. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I spent 10 years working in e-commerce before starting Mary. And when I think about my experience, you know, in those roles, really what were in the roles that I had in e-commerce, so mainly like PL management, category management, you own a, a business within a business, right? And so it was my job every day to say, how am I going to drive the health and beauty business or the men's dress shirt business? And the different levers that you had were working with, you know, email marketing. And do we want to change something on the homepage? Do we need to bring in more inventory? Do we need to market things out? Like there are just so many different levers that you have at your disposal as this mini business owner. But more specifically, you really learn like how are people shopping, right? So the coolest part about being in e-commerce as opposed to like traditional retail is I can look on the site any given day and be like, okay, this many people visited my category, this many people dropped off at this point, this many people added this to cart, like what is happening? And you know everything. And so you really just learn so much about consumer behavior. So when I was planning my wedding, um, and I was shopping for decor, right? It was like kind of three months before the event. And I was like, I need to order my menus and my place cards. And okay, how do I know what's going to look best with my different linens? And I knew at that point we were doing like different textured gray linens. I found myself hopping from website to website to website and making a PowerPoint deck. I swear I wasn't a bright solo, <laughs> but I am very type A. And yes. I had this like PowerPoint slide of me like trying to cobble together what everything was going to look like together, you know? So literally Googling like gray velvet tablecloth <laughs> and like putting that in and then arranging yeah. everything on top of each other. And I was like, you know, the stereotypical, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> um, yes. So like one from a tooling perspective, like, wow, like why isn't there a tool that would let me see what all of these things look like together? And more importantly, why wasn't that like facilitating my purchase decisions? How come there isn't like a marketplace where I can see all of these different categories with all of the different, you know, rental companies in my market or people that ship nationally um, so that I could really just kind of have that one-stop shop effect. I mean, you're right. <laughs> Obviously you're right. But it's something I thought about when I was first coming up too. I kept thinking, am I missing something? Is there something that everyone else knows about that I don't know about where you can, this is easier? And it was like, no, <laughs> that was like 10 years ago, right? Like, no, it's not easier. It's just this. And I, I think we as an industry do a, a big disservice to our clients and the, and the design process and the buying process, because we assume that they will have the same ability to see things in their minds yes. <laughs> that we can. And we know that that's not the truth. That's not how it works. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's in my head, right? I don't even know how to articulate. So when somebody else right. is trying to explain it to me, I'm like, listen, like, you just got to show me. It got to a point actually where my florist, I think, got so frustrated with me that he was like, let's just go to the flower market together. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And, you know, not oftentimes, especially now in light of COVID, that isn't always an option. You know, like we used to say, like, let's just meet at the showroom. Well, that isn't really happening so much anymore. And I know for me, I have so many clients that are getting married in LA who don't live here right. that, you know, it's it's just not practical anymore to say, oh, we'll figure that out when we go into the showroom and we get to touch things. Like sometimes you don't get to, especially during the pandemic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like one, it's not always an option from a geography perspective. Two, it's not always convenient from a scheduling perspective. We're all busier than we've ever been. And then three, you know, imagine having to go like before mass marketplaces existed, like Amazon, like having right. <laughs> one store for your toiletries and another store for like your home goods. Like it's just this concept of like aggregation that helps with, you know, overall product discovery across the board, as well as the convenience factor as well. Yeah. I love that though, the, the work that you did in e-commerce, like literally watching people's buying habits or, or browsing habits, I suppose, really helped inform the building of Mary because I almost, I mean, obviously I know it exists that so, someone somewhere is watching me click through things on Sephora, yeah. but, <laughs> but I never think about it until a conversation like this where you're like, oh, right. So someone out there knows how many times I've looked at that lipstick without buying it. We know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what they know about me is, wow, she shops a lot, right? That's what they know about me. <laughs> they know where else you're shopping, what time of day you're shopping. Yes. I mean, I have nothing to hide, so bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sure, send me targeted ads. That that helps me out too. So. It actually does. I was, you know, it's a side story. I was looking for new fanny packs for my team and I was looking at this one particular brand and um, they were not very size inclusive. You know, they, they're, they're like the only one size they had as a belt wouldn't have fit any of my girls. Uh -huh. Like so petite. And so I ended up chatting with them about it, like in a, like in a live chat to be like, this is bullshit. And they were like, no, we get it. We're working on it. And then the next day in my Instagram feed, I got an ad for a like luxury fanny pack that said completely inclusive sizing. And I was like, yeah. what? And then I thought, you know what? Good. Cause I never would have found this company otherwise. Right. Right. <laughs> They're like, help us help you. So Just thanks, turn your mic on. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Internet Gremlins, for helping me buy things. <laughs> so how do you think being an industry outsider really was an advantage for you? So if I had to sum it up, um, a phrase that you will never, ever hear my team say is, well, that's just how it's always been done. Because A, we don't know how it's always been done. <laughs> but B, even if somebody tells us that, that's not a reason to do it like that going forward. That's correct. Um, now, sometimes there's, you know, substantive truth or like good reason why, you know, you've done it that way in the past, but we take more of the approach of, well, let's learn why that is, right? Why right. have you done it that way? Okay. So understanding that we could like kind of pivot from, from that point and say, what if it was like this? Oh yeah, that could work too. You know, so there's not one way of doing things. Um, and I often think that when you're kind of brought up in, in one industry and it's to no one's fault, right? We're creatures of habit. You just grow to expect the same type of thing over and over again. And, you know, fundamentally technology changes, consumer behaviors change, people change, right? 
And you got to evolve with it and recognize that maybe the way that something's always been done in the past, A, definitely isn't the only way of doing something. And B, quite frankly, might not be the best way of doing it. (laughs) No, I agree with you. Do you want to know my theory on why that exists so heavily in the wedding industry, though? Yes, please. This is my psychological theory, unfounded, because obviously y'all know I'm not a psychologist, but I, this is what I, I, start, I decided a couple of years ago, is that a lot of the old guard in the wedding industry and a lot of the, this is how we've always done it mentality is because the, the majority of our jobs as, as event pros is asking us to be constantly okay with change, right? Mm-hmm. Constantly okay with like this thing, this fire has to be put out and this person changed their mind and now we have to do it this way. And oh my God, now it's raining. We have to move everything inside. So the ground is always shifting underneath us for the most part, especially after last year. So when when someone says, well, that's just how we do it, to me, that means, oh, that's your safety spot, right? That's how we always do it because you don't wanna have to rethink that part because you already know you're gonna have to put out 17 other fires that day or whatever the case may be, right? And those are the moments though, when I hear that from someone, I think, oh, you need to evolve, right? Because that's what keeps our industry so stuck in the past because we are as the wedding industry. I mean, you see this as an outsider coming in. We are very slow to evolve. You know what's the funniest part about that is everybody complains to me about how slow the industry is to evolve. <laughs> like, oh my God, we're so behind the times. Like, thank you for building this. And I yeah. think that you're right. I think that security and a feeling of comfort often um, kind of impedes us from growing yeah. and evolving. You know, and I get it. Like, as humans, we need we need those soft places to land. And and what we do as event pros is bananas you know like we're constantly on the top five most stressful jobs in the world and we're talking about planning events like come on but but I get it you know I feel it every every day and I used to joke I don't make this joke anymore because it's not really funny especially in light of what we've all lived through in the last you know 18 months but like I used to make a joke about how my stress level is so naturally high now that I don't even notice when I'm stressed because stress feels normal right true baseline (laughs) exactly and um I feel like the pandemic sort of shifted that right like uh, a little bit, but, but yeah, I think the slow to evolve, it's funny. People complain to you about it. You're like, I am trying. Hello. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. So I think one of the, one of the many things I love about Mary is that my younger clients love it. And I will say as a 45 year old white woman in this industry, you know, we can we always make the joke of like our clients are only getting younger mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I, I think when we stick our, you know, feet in the sand and say like, nope, not, not going to change. Don't want to, don't want to do it. Our clients are the first to notice that, right? Because they're the ones who like want to text with us. And we're like, well, no, we don't text. Yes. Newsflash to everyone listening. I now text to my clients, not all of them and not always, but I'm not such an, a pain in the ass about like no texting. Cause guess what? They want to text me. And like, if it's, if I'm going to get an answer from them via text easier, like sign me up these days. Anyway, mm-hmm. my point is though, the expectations of our clients are changing, right? And they're evolving and Gen Z is up next. And so what do you think about that? Like, what do you think that they're going to want from us that we're not currently giving them? Yep. So I am a millennial, an older millennial, that be. And, you know, you just heard my story, right? I was like, how does this not exist? I've now grown up in my like young adulthood where if I'm buying an apartment or a home and I want to redesign it, I can do all of that in an interactive 3D model and in a few clicks buy everything from the different retailers, right? Right. Why couldn't, why couldn't I do that for my wedding, right? 
why can I go to the dentist and get text reminders and have like a really great tech enabled experience upon, you know, welcome and aftercare, but none of that exists in this industry. So every other industry has up leveled. It's just the expectation. And, you know, in this space where it's highly emotional, high touch, high spend, there's really no excuse, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of broadly like how I felt and, and what I see happening now that you're going to be serving more, more of the Gen Z customers who just, you know, have access to this everywhere else in their life. Now, well, and I, also like, like we said, it's like you adapt, right? Like the way we adapt yeah. to stress, like you adapt to certain technology. I'll tell you yesterday, I was at a site visit with one of my uh, fall clients at her parents' home. And <laughs> she looked at me, we were talking about like, this is like, such an unsexy part of an at-home wedding, but we were talking about like where to put the portable restroom, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's really only one spot for it. And I said, let me measure that the spot, right? To make sure that it can happen. And she goes, can't you just take a photo of it on your phone and then, um, and then like put the, put the restroom like in the, in the photo. And I looked at her like, what? And she's like, you know, like at a, like at Pottery Barn or whatever. And I was like, no, this portable restroom company doesn't have that technology. But it was interesting because she just assumed that like, well, can't you do that on your, like, isn't that, why are you measuring? Just put it in there. You'll see if it fits or not. And I was like, right. oh, interesting. And she's younger, very young twenties. And I was like, mm -hmm, yeah, that is the thing. They expect it to be universal. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, we bought a credenza from CB2 and I was able to open up the camera on my phone, take a photo of my living room and place the credenza in my living room. That is how I got my husband to agree that he liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's everywhere else. And so there's yeah. no reason. I mean, there's reasons why there are additional challenges to building this in the event space, which I could talk about for a lifetime, but there's no reason why this shouldn't exist. And, you know, like we mentioned, your your clients are just going to become increasingly frustrated that, that it doesn't. Right. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I mean, the same way you're not a psychologist, like I, I'm not either. But, you know, when I look at how this industry has evolved in the past, um, I don't know if we, we've talked about this, you and I before, but, you know, in the early 2000s, so 20 years ago at this point. Which is um, bonkers and I hate it, by I know, the way. I know, I, hate I feel it. very old. Um, <laughs> you know, it was the rise of the blog, right? The blogosphere. And so you all of a sudden had clients who were, more informed than they ever had been before. They had access to the same type of information that you as an event pro maybe like only had before, right? Yeah. So I call this, those 10 years from 2000 to 2010, the rise of the informed consumer, which was probably frustrating for you as event pros. <laughs> yeah, um, like suddenly everyone knows what to do because they read everything. a blog post. Exactly. Yeah, of course. I, I read a blog on this. Um, <laughs> and then in the year 2010, Instagram and Pinterest launched in the same exact year. And so from 2010 to 2020, I call that the inspired consumer. Um, and so now not only can they read, but they can look at really pretty photos that are not based in reality or their budget <laughs> and tell oh, you, yes. this is what I want. Make right. this happen, right? I know what I want. Um, and that's a helpful tool, probably, right? The same way we mentioned, like, it's really hard to articulate a vision. But at the same time, it's kind of a dead end, right? Like, cool, now we know that you like these really pretty images, but, like, how do we actually bring this to life? Right. And so that brings us to now, which is where we come in. And I'm, I'm not sure I've, I've nailed this decade yet, but my, my working term for now is the intentional consumer. 
Um, and so not only are they informed and inspired, but they're really intentional about how they want to translate that to be kind of like personalized to them beyond what we all know about Gen Z, that they're like really intentional about the people they hire and the way they spend their money, et cetera. I am obsessed with this. Yes. I, I agree 100%. I see it all the time in, in my clients. They, I mean, almost every single one of them, I don't even say almost every single one of my clients when I, when I pitch them vendors will say, well, what are they like as people? Do they, do they align? Right. Mm -hmm. Are they, and especially now it's, are they vaccinated? Do they believe in science? I love that. I mean, and these are my very progressive clients and I attract, you know, I attract who I, who I want to attract, who I hope to attract, but, um, and so it's on me to do that research and know, but, and even, and I think the intentional also, not only with the vendors, but with the guest experience, right? Like there's so much more about the experience of things as opposed to the way it looks, mm-hmm. right? Like I haven't done, I mean, this isn't really on brand for my clients, but you know, those like Kim Kardashian, like flower walls that were very popular yep, 10 yep, years yep, ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've never done one because all of my clients say, but what's it for? Like, how does it enhance the experience? And I'm like, well, you could take a photo in front of it. And they're like, no pass. <laughs> yep. Because it's not enough anymore, right? It it's not enough. Instagrammable moments that are no longer. Right. Or they're asking for Instagrammable moments that feel organic, that are not so like, I put up a beautiful wall, go stand next to it. More like, oh, we found this little nook that is like magical and we made it more magical. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they want something that isn't so manufactured now. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, I love that. You, I mean, obviously you run a tech company within the wedding and event industry. How do you sort of, um, if there's anyone, I, I'm just trying to imagine that there might be someone listening who's like, no, 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 I, I'd love, I'd rather do sketches or I don't want to, I don't really want to use that much tech or my clients don't like tech, which I beg to differ. But um, what do you say to someone who's really resistant to getting on board with, with tech? That's a great question. So I think Ultimately, it depends on why they're resistant. If you are resistant because it feels daunting to learn a new platform, I can sympathize. But what I would challenge you with is like leverage me and my team to teach you. That is my favorite part of my job. Our goal is to help you, right? And so if you are reluctant to try a new product, whatever that product is, Um, but the value proposition of that product is clear to you, whether it's going to bring you more business, make you better at your job, save you time. And the only hesitation is learning it. You got to make time for it. (laughs) Um, And hopefully it's not that much time. What we notice is a 15 minute training session. 15 minutes is all you need for our platform. I can't speak for anything else. But when we just hop on a phone and we're like, hey, like, let's just run through this really quick 15 minutes. Oh, I get it now, you know? Yep. Yeah, Um, 100%. Now, if you're reluctant because you don't see the value, you know, then that's a business decision, right? Like I would imagine that some people are really good at sketching and that's great. And if that's what you enjoy doing and you think that you're able to communicate your vision and kind of bring the logistics out of that sketch, right? So like one thing that we do at Mary is great. You just designed this entire event here's your shopping cart of everything that you need to go buy or rent, right? Here is your exact, you know, floor plan with the table sizes and shapes and the number of chairs in it. So we want to pull together, not just like the inspirational components of design, but also the logistical components of it on a single platform. So if you think that you can get that out of sketching, I mean, 
I challenge you to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, agreed. But you know, then it, you, you know, you got to make sure that the value is there. And so ultimately it's like, I want to save you time. I want to make you better at your job. I want to streamline the communications between you and your clients. And ultimately like our shared goal is, is your client happy? Right. Cause that's all I can right. about. Right. And I will say as someone who's used your platform, um, most specifically for a wedding I did in a giant empty field in New Jersey uh, with a with a giant tent, it uh, it saved a lot of time, right? I think sketching is, I mean, if I could sketch, I probably would at some point in the process sketch. I don't sketch, but I, I can only imagine that the conversation I had to have with my client about in what this tent was going to look like and how the tables were going to lay in the tent. And mm -hmm. it was so much easier to have the conversation by saying, look, just go watch this. Because one of the things that Mary offers, and I, I'm forgetting the actual, what you call it, but it's like a, like a bird's eye, almost like a camera view, like, like a, like a, it looks like a movie camera, right? Oh, that goes fly through, through a video. Yeah. Fly through a video, fly through video. And all the client has to do is press a button and it, you know, just press click and press play. And it, and my client was like, oh, I get it. Because when I was trying to pitch, like, let's do some round tables, some rectangle tables. She was like, um, that's going to look weird. And I was like, no, it's going to look great. But they can't, they can't visualize the way we can, right? My favorite thing that happened that weekend was Jamie walked into the tent and like, didn't really have a huge reaction, like, you know, during setup days. And I said, what's the matter? And she goes, no, it looks just like I thought it would. It looks just like the video. I like she, that. you know, like she was so chill about it. Like I wanted her to be like, oh, it's great. And she was like, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. No surprises. I love that. No surprises. And I thought, oh, wow, how interesting. Like, but that's what she needed to feel comfortable, right? She needed that. She just needed the foresight. She didn't have the, she didn't have the design brain to look at this empty field in the back of her house and say, yep, there's going to be my wedding. Right. 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 And so for that, uh, it's been it's just been really remarkable. It's, it saves so much time of me trying to convince them of anything. And I, I think the thing I realized the longer I'm in business, and this might be more of a younger millennial Gen Z thing, is that when we show them the diagram, like the overhead view of just like the circle with the chairs next to it and then rectangles, they don't really understand what they're looking at. It's like when you hand someone like a sonogram, they're like, I see a baby. It's like, no, they don't. They really don't. They look at it like that looks good. And you just go, just trust me. But with your product, they, with Mary, they don't really have to trust you anymore. They can literally see it. You know, it's another analogy there. When we're, we were like looking to move into a new apartment and my husband would show me like these listings and he would always start at the like blueprint. He's like, look at this layout. It's amazing. And I'm like, this literally <laughs> means nothing to me. Just show me the pictures. <laughs> Like, so what true. do the floors look like? <laughs> it's so true. My husband, we're, we, uh, my husband and I are forever house shopping, even though we have, we're probably not moving, but we constantly look for houses in California. And he'll always send me a listing and tell me the square footage. And I'm like, I literally don't, it means nothing. I don't know how, I don't know how big our house is in square footage. He's told me like six times. I never remember it. I, it means nothing to me. Show me the rooms. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm like, how big is this house again? He's like, oh my God, write it down. I'm like, I don't really care. It's big enough. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so I can't have you leave without telling uh, everyone listening a little bit about what it's been like for you in the last 18 months, because you pretty much started, Mary, almost right before the pandemic started. Not right before, but not very, not very long before, right? Yeah. I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> I've aged like 10 years and two. I mean, I'm sure oh, we all have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we launched our beta, 
with 10 venues in the Manhattan area in August, 2019. So exactly two years ago. And when we launched our beta, like I said, it was a closed beta. It was really like a test and learn period because there was a lot of both technical and operational things that we needed to sort out before we could really go to market with this. And so six months later, we kind of felt like we had learned what we needed to learn and we were going to start opening up the platform to more venues and and more people in general. And that brought us to Feb 2020. And so obviously everything pretty much changed overnight. Luckily, we had raised um, outside capital in December. Um, So my job at that point changed from you know, CEO, early stage. At that point, it was a pre-seed stage company, you know, build, 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 build to survive. You know, how do we make this capital last so that we know we can survive and and come out of the other end of this? Now, I'd be lying if I told you that our investors didn't like give us an out, right? They were like, I mean, whoever could have seen this happening, like, we won't blame you if if you want to kind of just shut down. And I was like, F you. (laughs) Are you kidding? They were like, they were like, we'll invest in whatever you decide to do next. I was like, no. I and I I said to my team at that point, we were like five people. I was like, I have two questions for you. I said, do we think that this product belongs in the market? Yes, a hundred percent. We were never like a shift to virtual events conversation. Like that was never even up for grabs. I said, okay. Right. And I said, two do you think that we are the right people to do this? And they said, I mean, we need like 20 more, but like, yes, start. <laughs> yes. and I was like, okay, then we keep going, you know? And yeah. so in some ways um, it was beneficial because we got more time to build, right? We went heads down. I was able to build stronger relationships with people like you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We were able to just build onto the product before we really had to go prime time. Um, but it was really hard at, at times, you know, and it was hard to kind of keep the team motivated when there was, it was kind of like nothing was happening. <laughs> we were legally forbidden from doing the thing we were trying to get people to do. Yeah. Um, but then last summer was the first sign of like hope. <laughs> and that yeah. was when we launched that tent tool. And so it was all of a sudden yes. like, you know, barely anybody on the site every day. And it just like kind of started skyrocketing. And we were like, it's happening. <laughs> you know, like people are coming back, like this, it's working. Yes. And so that energy gave us what we needed to like, okay, we're on the right path here. You know, um, yeah. now November, December came when it was kind of like the second wave of shutdowns and that sucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. but then the second that vaccine became widely distributed, Renee, it was bananas. <laughs> Like yeah. if you look at our graphs of just usage on the site and, and then we had, we went on to raise another round of capital um, in June, that was what I showed. I was like, look at this, you know, like yeah. we, we survived and, and we did what we had to do and like it paid off. So it was, I, I would be lying if I told you like there weren't some dark days in there. And the, no, the worst part for me, I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny, is we signed an office lease. We were like, we're growing. We're going to get our own space. We've outgrown WeWork. This is great. We signed an office lease February 20th of 2020. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. I spent four days of my life assembling Ikea furniture. That's what I'm most upset about. That I'll never get those days back. (laughs) (laughs) 
we used the space, I think, for like two weeks. No, and I know. Then oh man. Just like sold all the furniture for pennies on the dollar and like moved everything out last summer. So so that was brutal because it was kind of just like a a token of like we were like on this like crazy growth trajectory and it just like all got like taken out from under us instantly. But like I said, you know, looking back now, I actually think we're in a better place now than we would have been otherwise. Yeah, I mean, we had talked offline about how really grassroots like uh, your marketing has been. And I think that is what kind of builds trust, right? When when someone's like, oh, have you heard about Mary? No, you don't know Mary. Oh, my God. Let me show you. Let me show you Mary. Right. And it's um, I don't know. I feel like it's authentic and it's and it is you did you were, you were able, obviously, because of the pandemic to take the time to really get to know the industry and, and the and the people and the people who are going to really really like sore with this with this product and i just really can't wait for my venues in la to get on board and get on the platform because and i talk to everyone about it i'm like are you on mary can you get on mary can you guys get on mary because i I just think it is the next wave and it's going to make everything so much easier and better and richer and and honestly i think it's it's a mary can help us with a lot as especially as planners right it's a it's a sales tool when you talk about it in your inquiries especially for a client who loves design or who or who loves design but knows they need you to help you can say, oh, I have the software, Mary, you know, you can really talk it up then. And then even with venues, when venues get on board, they can talk it up, whether they are a venue that serves the premium market or the standard market or the budget market, right? Having this yes. tool is just really, it's so helpful for people. And yeah, it's a little bit of an investment, but what isn't? Like everything in our lives is an investment in our businesses, right? So I don't know. I think there's really no reason for venues and for planners to not be involved with it. Yeah. I mean, what I'll say on the investment side and this, I'm not trying to like make a commercial out of this, but like our pricing is $19 a month for planners. Um, and that's unlimited usage. So, you know, you spoke to being authentic. Like one thing that, um, I hope comes off in like every conversation that I have with people is, you know, we're still a young startup. How many engineers do you think we have just out of curiosity? I, I honestly wouldn't know. I mean, maybe five, six, I don't know. Two. Two. Two people built that entire website. Okay. Holy what? Yeah. And they're amazing. They're incredible. But these things take time, you know? Yeah. And we know what we have and what we don't have. And we literally yesterday had our roadmap prioritization meeting for the rest of this year. And we had two new hires there and I explained to them. I said, guys, this meeting is just as much about what are we choosing not to do as what Mm -hmm. are we choosing to do? Because we yeah. know there's literally thousands and thousands of rows in our spreadsheet of all the things we need to build, but there's limited resources. And so we, you know, want to work with planners and designers and venues who want to be part of something new and grow with us. And, you know, we are aware of where we're at and yeah. we want to build this ecosystem that can be really powerful, you know, over the next six, 12, 18 months. I love that. I love too that, you know, you have a a very um, intentional focus on what it is you want to build. I know um, the wedding industry has a few other tech platforms. Um, I'm thinking of one specifically, and I won't name them, but they, they did a, a great job of building their base product. And then as soon as everyone started using it, started building things like a marketplace for advertising and a place to get reviewed. And I was like, no, 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 we want you to get better at the tool, get, make the tool better. There's still things wrong with the tool. And, and now everyone's like, 
annoyed because they're like, yeah, there's some major things wrong here, but you're, you guys are over there building a thing that no one asked for. So I, I do love that you are very focused on like how to make the thing we've already built better. Yeah. Cause I think that is where people get, you know, shiny object syndrome perhaps, or, or it's a, or it's a finance thing, right? We're like, well, we have to make money. That's Let's right. do this money-making thing. Right. And I get that as a business owner, I totally get it. But the idea that in the next you know, year, Mary's going to become even more powerful is also just amazing. And I'm so glad that you were able to uh, stay the course during the pandemic, because I think, I don't know, I think another business owner would have said like, you know what, great, I'm going to take that out. And we're going to roll up, <laughs> roll up the carpet and go home, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, people I'm so thought glad I was out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what, though, Randy, that's because this started for you as a passion project that was out of your own personal need, yeah. right? And it wasn't just like, how can we make some money off the wedding industry? No, no, not at all. It's like truly rooted in this is a pain point that I know I can solve. Yes, I love that. And and I think that's what's going to make Mary, I think two years from now, we're going to be talking about how Mary is now dominating <laughs> the, dominating the market in your category. And I'm excited too, because you're going to Wedding MBA this year. I am. Well, we were supposed to go last year. Well, we all were supposed to go last year. <laughs> it was our first conference. Like it was the first like investment we made in like getting a booth and it was like a big deal, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for this year. Yeah. So you're going to be on the expo floor and you're also going to be doing like a little, like a, uh, what do they call it? Like a demonstration like a on the expo floor. floor. show talk. I think floor show. That's yeah. what it's called. Yes. I'm excited. And also uh, I, it's, I can't not mention that Mary is one of the sponsors of both Conference Confident and our fourth annual industry mixer. And last year you guys did it with us virtually, which was so much fun. I thought, you know, despite having to be virtual. Okay. I had <laughs> so much fun at that event. That activity you guys did where you, um, oh my God, what was it? You gave everyone a scenario of like a nightmare <laughs> wedding. I was, I judged it, right? I judged the result. That's I've right. You were, yes. I've never been more impressed with a group of people as to how they were like, okay, what was it? Like the, the best oh God, it was, was really drunk and couldn't. It was up literally like everything that could go wrong, gone wrong, could, went wrong. Like it was like a nightmare scenario because what it was, listeners, if you were not there at the virtual party, which really. I don't know why you weren't. You should have been. It was fantastic. But basically, we 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 had the idea that like it's been a year of us not being able to do our jobs. Like, let's give a nightmare scenario so people can like at least creatively go off into breakout rooms, you know, teamwork together and come back with you know. And everyone had great answers, but the winning team really like buttoned it up. They were like, we would do this, then we would do this, call nine one one and get that guy a coffee and get them a thing, and then wrap everything up, put it in the car, and they're out. And we were like, whoa! I was so that proud. was crazy. Yeah, it was very, very impressive. And then David showed up, David Tutera. Mm -hmm. People lost their minds. That was great. Love David. <laughs> David is such an amazing supporter. I love that. David is really one of the sweetest people in the whole world. And uh, but Randy's going to be with us at the at the Monday Night Mixer, which is our fourth time. We're counting the virtual because it was epic. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be over at Mama Rabbit at Park MGM, so you'll get to meet Randy in person and see a little bit of uh, Mary on the. Uh, this, the, this bar is amazing and it has all these TVs everywhere. So we're going to do some, play some demos and it'll just be a rad party, you guys. Oh, and it's, um, we have a dress code. Did you hear about that, Randy? No. So it's all, because the venue is so colorful, right? When we were in there, when Amber and I went to do a tour, um, I was happened to be wearing like a black jumpsuit with like a flower print on it. And she took a bunch of photos of me in the space. And when we looked at our phones later, she was like, you know, I think we should all wear like neutrals and white for this party. And like, let me be honest, dear listeners, like I'm a plus size lady, right? I do not willingly wear white, generally speaking. 
And so when, when Amber said it, I was like, Ugh. but then she showed me the photo and I was like, you know what? You're right. We're all going to look so boss if we all wear white in this space because it's so colorful. So we don't want to call it a white party because that's bad. That's bad words, but it's like a neutral. neutral yeah. It's a neutral and light colored clothing party. And your girl's going to wear a white jumpsuit and I'm just going to deal with it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that because it's a colorful place, you had to wear a color. And I was like, um, I need to go buy something then. No, it's, <laughs> it's going to be all neutrals and whites. And uh, I've already had some people push back and be like, what about black? I'm like, I mean, if you want to, but the photos are going to look bad because <laughs> of course, leave it to wedding planners to pick, an, pick a, a, a venue and then be like, let's think about the photos because let's think about the photos. Obviously, so, you yeah. just thought about that. Like that is never we something that would have crossed my mind ever. <laughs> This is why we're an unusual species, the wedding planner. We are unusual. So that industry mixer is going to be Monday, November 8th at Park MGM. You can get tickets for that in the show notes. And then also Conference Confident, I'll just mention briefly, I don't think I've talked about it on the show yet, um, is our implementation day. So this will be your first conference, Randy, but I'm sure you've done this at other conferences in in your past careers, is that, you know, we all go to these conferences and we take a bunch of notes in our little notebooks and then we go home and put the notebook on a shelf and we never look at it again, right? Yeah. And then Amber and I had this thought back in 20, literally we've had this idea since 2018 <laughs> and we're finally doing it. But we were like, you know what? Let's just tack on another day at the end. We'll do impl- like targeted implementation for those who have a ticket to tell us like, what are your goals? Even before you get to Wedding MBA, what are your goals, right? We will help you identify the goals. We'll help you pick out which seminars to attend. We become your little posse for the week. Because also it's like, there's like 5,000 people there, right? You kind of need a group to like hang with, right? And then on Thursday, we sit down at the lovely ideation studio at Park MGM. It's a really cool conference space. That's like not really a conference space because it has like bright windows and light and air. It's crazy how beautiful it is. And we're going to get to work. And then hopefully you'll go home with an action plan and not just notes in a notebook. Because I mean, I, I was looking through some of my old notebooks like to get ready for this and like build the curriculum. And we're, we do this, we're making this like, pretty rad workbook that goes with the conference like to help you take notes and stuff and I was going back to like 2015 conferences that I went to where the notebook is full and I'm looking back going like all of these amazing ideas never got done and it's like such a heartbreak right to spend money and time to go somewhere and then like not do the thing right so anyway Mary is a very lovely generous sponsor of conference confident as well and we're such so excited to be partnering with you because I just want everyone to know about Mary I just want to like yell about it all the time well we appreciate that. And <laughs> we're very excited for Vegas, for all of the things that will happen in Vegas. And to finally, I mean, it's weird that we've never met in person. I feel like I've known you forever. I know. Isn't that weird? The, like the Zoom and the pandemic, it really did a number on all of us, like in that way of like, oh yeah, you're my good friend, but I don't really know you know you. I know. <laughs> like when I was at, I was in um, Miami for uh, the special event conference mm-hmm. uh, and with Cater Source and um, Alea Harris. I don't know if you know Alea. She's a marketer, and and uh, she was in the bundle, uh, both bundles. And you know, we're fr- like we're friends. Like she's done work for me. I, you know, and I, the first thing I said to her was, "Oh my God, you're so tall." <laughs> that just happened to me with a new hire. I felt so like I couldn't not say it, but then I felt really awkward for saying it after the fact. She, right? She was. I think she told me she's like almost six feet tall. Yeah. Um, or maybe she is six foot tall and just I interviewed her on Zoom. She was sitting down and I'm five yeah. one, you know? So I see I didn't know that about you. You're you're petite. Yes. I did not know. Yes, I'm very short. My whole family is. And so when I met her in person, we got like a WeWork for their first week so that we can meet them in person. I was like, Oh my God. 
Yeah, I did the same. Alea's tall like a model. And I was like, what is happening? And she was wearing heels. She's like, girl, I'm tall. I'm like, I, okay. I feel like we should have, we missed an opportunity during the Zoom to like put that in our, <laughs> instead of putting our name, like five, seven, so, you know, like whatever you. Everything you can't whatever. see. Like you can see my eye color, my hair color, but you can't see my height. Right, right. Well, I'm excited for Vegas and to meet you in person. And for everyone listening, I hope you join us in Vegas. I know there's a lot of, you know, chit chat around about the Delta variant and will it still happen? Wedding MBA is happening, you guys. It is happening if we have to wear masks. So what? We'll wear masks. It's like the least thing we can do right now. And uh, get vaccinated and come to Vegas. Like the end. I, you know, I feel fine about it. I've been traveling for like two months now. And I'm just, you know, I think you have to take care of yourself and know your own, you know, comfortable, comfortable levels of, of what you're okay with. But I'm excited for MBA. I'm so excited to get out of the yeah. house. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that deeply. Randy, thank you so much for being here. Um, I just love talking to people who've come into our, to our market from other, other industries. I think you have always such an amazing outlook and so much to teach us. And I can't wait to evolve along with Mary. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Anytime, girl. And for my listeners, you know what I'm going to tell you to do? I'm going to tell you to go to those show notes. I'm going to tell you to check out Mary, check out Conference Confident, check out The Mixer, and hopefully we'll see you in Vegas. But if not, we will see you on the internet next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.